Welcome back to the In the Dugout podcast. My name is Jason Ward, a.k.a. Red Sox Dugout, alongside Alex Jefferson and Joey Nagel today. Good to be back. We are back. If Garrett was here, he'd get mad at you guys for not upholding the order there. <laughs> oh, I know he would. Oh, that's, why yeah. I, that's why I did it. Um, all right, so David Ortiz was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. That's our big news for this week. And yep. um, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you love to see it. I mean, David Ortiz was probably one of the most influential sports icons in my childhood, I think him and Tom Brady are like the big two for me. Um, Tom Brady also retired this week. That happened. Um, so my two biggest childhood sports icons, both um, doing things, um, ending things. I don't know how to put that, but David Ortiz is in the Hall of Fame. The book. Yeah, they're closing yep. the book. Yeah, there you go. And it's he's a first ballot Hall of Famer now. Like that's that's gonna be forever, and he's forever in the baseball Hall of Fame, and it's great to see. Like some people question if he was gonna get in because he's a DH, and the baseball writers are stupid, but he got in. First ballot Hall of Famer, David Ortiz, as he deserved to. Yep, that whole controversy about him getting in or not was was bogus. Yum. It was malarkey. Um, <laughs> Good word, Joey. Every everyone likes to pull out the you know the alleged failed steroid test, but like. There, there's no concrete evidence to say that he ever did steroids. And and for someone not to get in based off of pure speculation by people who just don't like him is ridiculous. They yeah. just don't they just don't like him because, you know, they like can, they like controversy. Or they just That's don't what like the writers do. Yeah, well, the the whole process is flawed and I can get into this some other time. But, I think you know, we have multiple times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this isn't really a um, valid process, but I've always said when you're talking about Hall of Famers, who gets in, Hall of Famers just kind of have, like, you hear a name and you're like, oh, that dude's a Hall of Famer. Like, I don't know, Ichiro Suzuki, Hall of Famer. Um, and I feel like David Ortiz fits that. Again, not a, like, not a real process, but, like, when you hear the name David Ortiz, you think one of the best players to ever play the game like he's obviously not the best player but he's one of the most iconic players in red sox history he's one of the best players to ever um be a full-time dh uh and like i mean in the 500 homer club like super clutch his his resume like speaks for itself three rings three, like three rings yeah, I it's mean, the pretty dude ridiculous. hit like 700 in the postseason yeah. in 2013. So, Well, and like, you also think about it like, I mean, when you think of DH, you think of him and Edgar Martinez. I mean, that's right. those are the two names I think of. There's nobody else who plays the role better, and I doubt there will. Well, I guess if you count Shohei, but he's his own little entity. Right. So, yeah. Um, I mean, also, like, again, this really holds no weight. But if you just look at David Ortiz, like the dude's wearing like eight giant gold chains. He's like covered in gold and silver. And like he just carries himself like a really important person. <laughs> his shirt his shirt that he wore uh, when he got the call was Hall of Fame worthy. I tried to get one of those myself and I couldn't I couldn't find one. Yeah. Um, also, by the way, that call was really cool. It was cool seeing David Ortiz get so excited about that. The way he just kind of like screamed, yeah, and Pedro was right there with him. Uh, that yep. was a really cool moment. I like that. Um, 
I do want to mention that we actually will be talking to David Ortiz about his Hall of Fame Hall of Fame induction in a few minutes. Um, as you know, he's a friend of the program, so we'll get to that in a few. But I mean, it like thinking about my childhood growing up watching the Red Sox. David Ortiz was like the guy that yeah. you look up to, and like he's bigger than life. Like you're out playing little league and you hit a ball really far and like people on the bench are like okay big poppy like it's it's just he was so iconic and so influential in my childhood and i'm sure all of your childhoods and the childhoods of people across new england he was bigger than the game he did more for the city of boston and for like the general new england area like just outside of baseball too like the um I mean, he was always involved with the Jimmy Fund and stuff like that. I mean, the whole 2013 speech, like, I mean, that's iconic and that's going to be ingrained in all of our memories for forever because that was, like, life-changing and, like, obviously, like, nothing else has come close to that since in terms of, like, I wouldn't say, like, significance sports-wise, but just, like, that season emotionally, like, the ties that we might have had to it, like, unparalleled and he was like the catalyst and like kind of led that team and that like you know response to what happened absolutely yeah i mean that 2013 speech after the marathon bombing and everything that he did for the city of boston after that like sports are sports are fun sports are entertaining but when you combine sports with real life and real life events and things that matter that are bigger than sports that, that's a whole different story, and David Ortiz did that. He brought the city of Boston together, and he kind of, like you said, was a catalyst on that team that brought the World Series back to or World Series championship back to Boston after such a, a horrible event like that. And that speaks way beyond anything he ever did at the plate with the bat, anything like that. It just speaks to his character, and everyone says in the Hall of Fame that character is a huge part of it. All those people who won't let Kurt Schilling in and that kind of stuff, they say that character is huge. And David Ortiz, like, defines the word character. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know how you can't not root for him. Like, he's yeah. like, just, like, he's just such a good human being. Like, even, like... I think he's one of the most likable uh, baseball players ever, really. Yeah. Even an I athlete, don't... like, yeah, outside of Boston... Casual baseball fans, they know David Ortiz. They know who Big Poppy is, and they just know him as a, you know, this big jolly guy who hits home runs. And uh, he's like the like, Santa of baseball. Yeah, I mean, he he really is like that's that that's what he'll always be remembered as. I think. Well, I'm like, let's um, not let's not forget he also was like dominant. Like, yeah, he's the he was very good at baseball. Time. Up until the, the very end, too. The very end. Yep. Yeah, and he dominated for like a good 15 years like it wasn't like maybe 12 or 13 give or take but like consistent there was no one there was nobody else in the four spot when he was healthy in Boston you knew That's exactly right. what you were going to get out of him you were guaranteed 30 home runs 40 doubles 100 RBI and, and the fact that that man could run 40 doubles a year still amazes me I mean he like he's one of the best hitters in Fenway history because he he learned how to use every part of that ballpark to his advantage. Like 
I, I still think he's the best left-hander at, at just going inside out and flicking the ball off the wall. I don't think anyone has ever done it like him, nor will they ever. Well, yeah, that's another thing about him is not only did he have 540 homers, he also has a career average of 286, which is pretty good for a power hitter. And that kind of speaks to how he wasn't just a power hitter. He could hit for he doubles. He could get on base. He could drive runs in. He just everyone thinks of David Ortiz as a big home run guy, but he did a lot more than that, too. And that's why he's in the Hall of Fame. Yep. Well, he All also... around automatic at the plate. I mean, and like his value wasn't just like the homers and the doubles, like at the plate, he could do everything. Yeah. He, he had like, 17 stolen like, bases. Yep. Hey, he could draw walks like nobody's business. One of my favorite David Ortiz memories, we'll get into a bunch more later, but when he was getting pitched like around a little bit and then he walks out of the batter's box, basically like before the pitches even get into the plate um, yep. for the walk. I remember right. that and just laughing hysterically at that because that's such a david ortiz thing like he's just throws his bat walks out of the batter's box before the catcher even got the ball <laughs> i don't want to keep big poppy waiting anymore so i do want to get to our interview with him um after that we'll dive more into some of our memories with them but um let's talk to him ourselves here is david ortiz the newest member of the baseball hall of fame hey man good to be here you know man uh cooperstown Gave me a phone call, man, and, um, you know, I had the number blocked for some reason, but, you know, they got through. What was your first reaction when your phone rang? Yes! Now, Mr. Ortiz, how do you feel about the fact that you got into the Hall of Fame before um, your co-broadcaster, Mr. Alex Rodriguez? Uh, you know, man, A-Rod, my brother, man, uh, I love him very much. Uh, but, you know, I beat his ass. <laughs> you know, how many rings does he have compared to me, man? I give, I tell him that every day. <laughs> um, so, obviously, the Hall of Fame is a big accomplishment, accomplishment, a big deal. What does it mean to you to be in the Hall of Fame? Um, mi hermano Pedro, you know, he's in there. Uh, we'll be there forever. Um, you know, my plaque is going to be nice and shiny. Hope I got my chains on it, too. Um, uh, you know, very exciting. We're going to have a fiesta down there in, in July. Um, very fun, man. <laughs> I love it. Um, what's one of your favorite memories from your career? Um, I would say beating the Yankees, the Yankees in 04, because, uh, you know, the Yankees lose. Um, I'd also say getting to swear in front of Fenway Park in 2013. That was fun, man. Uh, I won't say it here, but, you know, this is our flipping city, man. Um, yeah, so many great moments. Um, uh, I do have a question, again, about A-Rod. Out of the, um, the Fox Sports broadcast group that you do stuff with, uh, who do you think would win in a fight between you, A-Rod, and Frank Thomas? Frank would beat our asses, man. <laughs> He's too big. All you'd have to do is sit on us. <laughs> uh, back to the Hall of Fame. Was getting in the Hall of Fame something that you envisioned or aimed for in your career? Like when you were with the Mariners or when you were with the Twins, did you know that one day Big Poppy was going to be in the Hall of Fame? Um, you know, man, when I was 19 years old, I beat Ken Griffey and A-Rod in a home run derby. 
back when I was David Arias. Um, I took Pedro deep up in Minnesota. So I was feeling pretty good about myself. And then Minnesota released me. And I thought that was it. But me, hermano Pedro, he saved me. He brought me to he brought me to Boston. Only up from there, man. Only up from there. So after getting the call, after getting into the Hall of Fame, um, what did you do next? What did Big Poppy do to celebrate? Uh, great question, man. You know, I, I, I threw a big fiesta in the casa. <laughs> um, I went home to La República Dominicana. Um, had a nice cigar. Kissed my rings a little bit. And um, drank plenty of beer. Um, Modelo. Uh, did you exact. <laughs> did you bust out the ski goggles? That's a really important. Absolutely, and the big the big gold bottle of champagne too. I got I got Good. five of those. <laughs> nice. Um, did any of your former teammates call you to kind of congratulate you? Like, did you hear from anyone from those World Series teams? Uh, yeah, man. I heard from Pedro. I heard from Manny. I heard from Yanni Damon. I hear from Mike Lowell. I hear from Kurt Schilling. I hear from Jared Saltalamakia. I hear from, uh, not from Carl Crawford. He wasn't on any of those, but I don't like that guy. Um, <laughs> I hear from, who else I hear from? Ooh, Yanni Gomes. I love Yanni. Anyone else? No, I don't think so. Jacoby Ellsbury is missing though. Yeah, uh, Jacoby he, does that. He's been he's been missing, David. Unfortunately. <clears throat> yep. Um, one of the guys you mentioned there, one of your former teammates, Manny Ramirez. Uh, do you think he should be in the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. I'd be nothing without him. He was one of the. He's the best right-handed hitter of all time, man. Man. Um. If he wasn't protecting me in the lineup, man, I wouldn't be nothing. All right. Last question I have for you. What do you have to say to your fans, to the people of Boston, to Red Sox Nation, now that you're a Hall of Famer? Red Sox Nation, I love you. I love you so much. On my heart. Uh, we made it. Uh, we going to Cooperstown in July. And we're going to have a big fiesta up there. Bring your ski goggles. All right. Thank you, David, for joining us today. Congratulations. Thank you, boys. I love you. I love you. There you have it, David Ortiz, big fan of the podcast, friend of the show, and the newest member of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, Oh, here's Joey. He's back. Joey, bro, you missed it. Where'd you I go? Know, I had to go. I, I had to run to the bathroom. Um, that's, that's I don't, tough. I'm not entirely sure what I missed, but terrible timing. Yeah. You have the we, worst time. We actually I, I talked must... to David Ortiz. So, oh. yeah. Uh, You'll get him one uh, day, I'm sure. This keeps Maybe. happening to you. Maybe. Uh, you know, Tom Brady just gave me a call, so I had to talk to him. But, mm. oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so there was David Ortiz. Uh, I do want to talk some more about some of our favorite memories of him 
because again, David Ortiz was one of the most memorable, iconic, influential guys in our childhood. And so when you're talking about like our love for the game of baseball, David Ortiz is at the heart of that. I feel like, um, I just, there's so many different memories to choose from. Obviously your mind jumps to 2013, that grand slam against Detroit. I hear Dave O'Brien saying, David Ortiz, David Ortiz, David Ortiz, that iconic call. Um, that I mean, that was just incredible. Like seeing Fenway just erupt after that grand. I mean, you got the bullpen cop out there. Like, yeah, nothing is yep. better than that moment in my mind. That is just incredible. And then obviously that year, you got his uh, his speech right after the marathon. Again, chills every time I see that. And then Red Sox win the World Series. There's David Ortiz running out of the dugout with his ski goggles on. Um, Everything about that year is obviously number one on the list for me. Uh, what else do you guys have for some of your favorite memories, David Ortiz? Um, one of my personal favorites was uh, in 2007, the year they beat Colorado. Um, I went to my first Red Sox game. Um, uh, it was a July 4th day game. And the only home run that game was it was one of David Ortiz's and it was the first home run I ever saw in person. And I'll, even though I was like really little, I'll always remember that very distinctly because I like Fenway went nuts and it just like the, the, the energy in that in Fenway when David Ortiz walks up to the, when David Ortiz would walk up to the plate was unmatched every single time. Joey. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I was just thinking back at um, at all the games that I've been to and watching him play. Like, I, I can remember clear as day, now batting number 34, David Ortiz. And, um, you know, after that, it didn't really matter what he did. It was always just a joy to watch him because, like, I mean, he's the GOAT. You know, it, it's, hard, it's hard to describe what he did. Like, um, my first ever season of playing baseball – I wore number 34 because, I mean, yeah. I wanted to be Big Poppy. I did have the spit to. in my gloves thing, clap them together. Had the big the big stance with the huge leg kick. And um, I, mean, I sucked, but um, <laughs> uh, it's, just, it's just those moments growing up, you know. He's a childhood idol. And... Um, yeah, it's all, and even today, like watching him on Fox Sports, I I always it always brings a smile to my face. I don't know about you guys, but like it's always a joy to watch him be himself there on TV. Yeah, I mean it's I I always get excited whenever he's on. on the yeah, call. I don't know how to describe it. It's he's so like familiar and kind of like comforting to see. It's, it's almost it's like, like an, his it's like an old friend. Yeah, yeah, or an old friend. It's just incredible. Um, I remember so obviously my first ever Red Sox game was incredible seeing like these players I saw on TV in person, but I didn't really sit that close. I remember one of the first games while I was still young, I sat pretty close to the Red Sox dugout, like by the on-deck circle. I don't know how I ended up there. It might have been towards the end of the game or something, whatever. I remember David Ortiz coming up to the on-deck circle, and I was probably 10, 15 feet away from him. And I was just like, this dude is larger than life. It. It's incredible. I remember taking a picture and like my iPod touch of like the, his back, like his number 34 with his bat swinging in the air, always warming up. And it was just kind of like, it just, I was just frozen 
by how incredible it was to see like someone just so iconic like that, so close in person like that. Um, and that's just, again, who David Ortiz was. And then he goes up to the plate, probably hits like a homer or a double because he's just incredible at baseball. Um, one of my other favorite memories, it's not very like, I don't have like a personal relationship to it. I wasn't at the game, but when he smashed the dugout phone in Baltimore, oh, yeah. that yeah. is just, I, I mean, if you follow my Red Sox page on Instagram, you know that I post that whenever anything happens that is upsetting. Like that's the go-to anger post is Ortiz just smashing that phone. And one of my favorite parts of that is Dustin Majoria was right next to the phone and Ortiz starts swinging and, and Pajoria just ducks down, puts his head in his knees, like protecting himself. Yeah. And then when the smashing stops, Petey looks up with just this face of like, what the hell are you doing? Like you almost yeah. killed me. <laughs> um, I defended Ortiz on that moment too. I, uh, the next day after that happened, we were at a friend's house and they were talking to me like a family friend's house. And they were like, I saw Ortiz threw a temper tantrum in the dugout last night. And I was like, well, you know what? The umpire was terrible. They were calling strikes at his ears and strikes at his, at his ankles. Uh, things were bound to boil over. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, I will, I will back David Ortiz in anything. Yeah. Yep. I think one of, one of my coolest moments, uh, or most like iconic moments was uh, somehow I have no idea how my family pulled this off but for my birthday one year because I have a July birthday we went to a game and somehow after the game I was able to get into the Red Sox dugout which is kind of ironic because that's the name of our um, or you were you were like, you were in the dugout I was I was in the dugout and I got to sit like where he sat and like like right after they had all left and stuff, it was cool seeing like, you know, his perspective. And like, that's what I imagined. Right? I mean, I was like 11 or something. I was sitting there and I was looking out on the field, like, this is what he sees. This is like what he's like looking at all the time, like every day, just putting myself in his shoes. It was so cool. Cause it does, it feels like you're living, like living like someone who's like a living legend, at least to us. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I remember I was I was helping my dad um, with work. He was he was doing something for a TV show, and he was on like the the field at Fenway. And I remember seeing David Ortiz in the dugout. Um, he was I think signing autographs or something. He was doing some kind of like uh, thing with like the public or whatever. Um, and I remember just like staring at him and being like, "Oh my God, that's David Ortiz just sitting there in the dugout." It's just it's incredible. It's just incredible how he's larger than life like that. Um, one of my other favorite memories of him, uh, I, I guess it's a story. So I always <laughs> remember that I forget where it was. He was doing some kind of, or Pejori was doing some kind of thing where he was talking about Ortiz and talking about how Ortiz didn't know his name for the longest time. Oh, yeah. Um, what do you yeah. call him? P uh, Peewee or something Pee -wee. like that? Peewee. Pee and like, I think another thing too with Ortiz was he didn't know anybody's name for a while. And so he called everybody Poppy and that's how he got the name yep. Big Poppy. That's just like the funniest thing to me is how he just doesn't know anybody's name and like doesn't try to <laughs> <He's> <laughs> like, Hey, what's up, Poppy? Um, it's, that's just so funny to me. And that's just, it speaks to how he's just a, a funny guy. It speaks to his character. Um, and another story I saw on Twitter the other day was how when you're a DH, 
you don't really have a lot to do in between at bats because you're not out playing the field. So it could be like a half hour, 45 minutes to an hour where you're just not really doing anything. And so Ortiz used to use that time to kind of call family, catch up with friends. And so this writer on Twitter was talking about this time where he was in the clubhouse and Ortiz was in there too during a game in between at bats. And Ortiz was on the phone with someone like an old friend or something and they were just talking. And Ortiz says to the guy on the phone, hold on, I have to go hit real quick. Puts his phone down, doesn't hang up. He leaves the call going, goes out, <laughs> hits a home run, goes trotting around the bases, crosses home plate, does his thing, goes right back in the clubhouse, picks up the phone again, and is like, okay, sorry, where do we leave off? <laughs> I think it's not surprising like, at all. That's just the kind of energy and like, he brought and like the smile he always had a huge smile on his face and always just made made baseball so much more fun to watch like you want to read for something right like way. that yeah yeah i i think a really cool thing that ended up happening was how he was able to kind of go on a retirement tour like a farewell tour i remember like he would just go to stadiums and um they would just kind of like celebrate him and recognize him like he would go to baltimore and they gave him the smash dugout phone he went yeah. to like i think san francisco he got like a jar of peanut butter with his face on it or something like that um Little and then he played in the all-star game that year and then he got subbed out and then the whole stadium was clapping for him all the players were clapping for him and hugging him while he walked off the diamond for his last all-star game like I think that was such a great way for David Ortiz to leave the game was when everybody knew that it was happening and he could get the proper farewell like that. I wish, I wish the Red Sox did a little better in the postseason um, instead of getting swept, but that's fine. It's it's whatever. Um, yeah, I got a story from that night. I think you guys can relate. I remember watching that third game. It was obviously the elimination game, and. Um, I think that was maybe the most nervous I've ever been heading into a singular Red Sox game. And, you know, we've watched elimination games in the playoffs, World Series, all that. But it, that was easily the most nervous I've ever been because I knew, like, this is it. It's literally his career ends today or it or it lives to see another day. And this, Travis Shaw flew out to end the game, and I remember – the second that ball was caught, I just – I lost it. I cried my eyes out. I, I bet you guys probably did too. But that just goes to show how much it meant to me. Um, yeah, like – and it always – he'll always mean that much to me. I don't think there will ever be another Red Sox player that will come around that will um, – that will mean that much to me. Absolutely. Um, I mean, going along those lines, different scenario, but like when he got shot down in the DR – I remember yep. like freaking out. Like oh. I was crying. I was on my phone refreshing Twitter every two seconds. I had my TV turned to like news stations or MLB Network trying to just it figure out what was going on. It was during a Stanley on. Cup game. The Bruins were in the middle of a Stanley yeah. Cup game. Yeah. And then was I got 20, the notification. Was that against the Blues 2018? Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. that very distinctly because I, I, I did I not just, care about the game anymore. My heart was pounding out of my chest. I, I was. I needed to know exactly what happened. And it turned out to be a lot more serious than I originally thought. And like, yeah. thank God he's still here. Yeah, exactly. Thank God that worked out. And thank God he's still here. And yeah, it was a reality check. I, I think that made everyone appreciate him that much more because he almost wasn't here. And yeah, I think it made everyone realize 
how grateful they are for him. Absolutely. Um, I asked my followers to kind of submit some of their best memories of David Ortiz. Uh, let's see what we got here. Oh, this one's in Spanish right off the bat. <sighs> <laughs> let's hear home, it, home run con las bases. Leonas en la serie de campeonato on 2013. Thank you for that. Yeah, that one's one of my Gracias. favorites too. Yeah, a lot of grand slam <laughs> picks here. Um, tw- ooh, 2010 home run derby. Um, oh, here we go. This one from Tyler. When he did the thing when he swung and the ball went. Yeah. Yes. yes. I liked that one too. Um, oh, walk-off double Good on Father's hit. Day 2016. Mm. Um, was that the one where... Oh, made... that was when they threw the rosin. No, it yeah. wasn't. Was it that well, one? I can't that's remember the one that, that I'm one. thinking of. I don't know if yeah. that's the same one, but yeah. That one was funny. Irv's baby powder or something. That was hilarious. I think yeah, it was Joe one... Kelly. Yeah. Um... Oh, wasn't that also like a significant milestone in his career? Like his like was, something was double... Like... Yeah, I think it was. Because I remember he took the base or something like that. I remember one time he stole the base and he just straight up took the base out, out and yeah, oh, maybe that's what I'm air. thinking. Of. He he, yeah. he got that from Beltre. Yeah. Um. Yeah, a lot of 2013 stuff. Smashing the dugout phone, iconic. The Yankees lose. Great one. Yep, mm, <laughs> that is a good one. I love how also how. I mean, you you kind of expect it since he played with the Red Sox all of his career. We're not counting the Twins here. Um, it'll be interesting to see which which team he he wears the cap for on the on his uh, I would, plaque. Oh, I wonder. Yeah, it's gonna be a um, real toss up for him. Yeah, I know it's gonna be a tough decision, but um, yeah, I have no idea where I was going with that. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> September 16th, 2016, home run versus Yankees. That's super specific. Was that? I don't know what that September is. September 16th, 20. Was that his last one? I don't think it was. No. I don't know. Maybe it's just this dude was at the game or something. I don't know. Oh, another um, good moment was when it, this this came against the Yankees. Um, He showed bunt, and then on the next yeah. pitch, he hit a home run. That was a good one. Yeah. Maybe was, that was it. Was that against CC Sabathia? Oh, it might have been. Because remember, yeah. CC used to get so mad when yeah. people bunted on him. Yeah. Um, Dude, get better hips. <laughs> I mean, another, I just remember this one when he hit his 500th homer in Tampa Bay. Yes. That, that, I was first just of all, at those pictures. that Don Orsillo call was Perfection. perfect. That yep. one was, that was just. Oh my god! But yeah, that one was awesome. You knew it was gone right away. David Ortiz, the newest member of the 500 Club. Um, he hit 499 and 500 in the same game. That's right. That's right. Uh, this is a good one. Came up to bat. Told my dad he was going to hit a homer straight center. First pitch, hit one center. Um, that's another thing too. Is how David Ortiz was like a kind of like he brought generations together. Like when you're watching yep. the game with your dad or your grandpa or uncle or whoever. Like it's David Ortiz. Like he spans multiple generations. Like he brought uh, Boston their first World Series championship in a long time. Uh, my dad waited forever for that. 
but it was also yeah. the first one of my lifetime. And then he also brought us 2007 and 2013 too. So I grew up with him. He brought my dad and many people a championship that they waited most of their life for. It's just incredible what he did for the Red Sox. I mean, I mean, not my mine. I'm the same way. My my dad waited. My dad's 18th or 16th birthday was the morning, or he when he turned 16, the Bill Buckner happened on the same day. He waited like however long. My mom almost got him tickets for that World Series. Like my grandpa, I mean, for have been has been a fan since he was a kid. Like it's just crazy. Like and like everybody knows that name if you're a red sox fan like everybody even like people who have only started following like after like after he's retired like new fans of the red sox he's just like a living legend of like oh people who have never watched a game of baseball know who he is true like if you walk around boston um and you just ask people on the street do you know who david ortiz is like they probably they probably do. <laughs> no, you got to ask them, do you know who Big Poppy is? They might not know who David Ortiz is. That's true, actually. They know who Big Poppy is. That's true. Um, that oh, reminded yeah, me of Poppy, something. <laughs> Speaking of walking around the streets, I remember this random video clip. I don't know if any of our listeners remember this, but if they do, I love you. Uh, from MLB Fan Cave back in the day of David Ortiz prancer-sizing around like New York City or something. Prancer sizing. Yeah, let me try to find it. It's this. <laughs> it's this video of Ortiz just walking around the city, just kind of like dancing. I oh, prancer size. Okay, prancer sizing with Big Poppy from MLB Fan Cave eight years ago. Look this up on YouTube, guys. Prancer size with Big Poppy. It's called. So okay, it starts off with him hitting a homer on MLB The Show with himself in a chair here. And then he's like, all right, it's time to prancercise. And he starts flapping his arms. He goes out into the city. <laughs> look at him. Oh, my God. You got to look oh up this video, God. everybody listening. He's just walking around New York. Oh, and then who, yeah. and who's that that joined him, joins him? Cespedes, I think. Or no, Jose Bautista. <laughs> just walking around the city like flapping their arms okay that's that that made me smile that was good um (laughs) (laughs) what what is this how do you know about this i just remember seeing this i don't know mlb fan cave was a fever dream they had some wild videos on there they They were yeah i forgot about them did you ever see the um (laughs) oh special guest jose bautista the the Evo Shield one where they have like the dude wearing cotton swabs on his wrist and like they throw balls at him. He's like, ow. And then he wears the Evo Shield and he's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like a Manny Machado one where they're like, Akuna Machado. <laughs> and they the whole like Orioles team sings cage. it. That was like the peak, peak baseball media oh for me. God. Peak baseball content. Seriously. Um, <laughs> Oh my god. Anyways, uh back to Ortiz. Um Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what else there was from his long career. Um One thing I do remember, this isn't really too specific to him, but it just kind of speaks to how everybody just knew who he was and how iconic he was in Boston and New England. 
I remember I used to go out into my neighborhood. We have like this big grassy area in my neighborhood, and I'll go out there and play baseball with my neighbor and his dad. And his dad would hit like big, like far uh, pop flies to us. And um, whenever he, like, whenever we wanted like a really far one, we would yell, hit a big poppy one. You're like, okay, here comes a big poppy one. And like that, that's just like a something from my childhood that just kind of speaks to how David Ortiz just had a huge impact on everyone across New England like that. Yeah, I was just going through my camera roll and I found um, I recorded the final at bat that I got to watch that I got to see in person of David Ortiz. So I thought that was pretty cool too. Like, um, there aren't many athletes these days that I would do that for. Like, I mean Brady, obviously, but besides I, those I, two, I can't think of any besides Ortiz because I'm not. No, I remember watching my watching Ortiz hit for the final time in person, and I was like. I mean, it was an emotional thing. Like, you know, it's someone I grew up with, and it was really sad to see the end. But, I mean, I think, you know, as sad as it was for the end, we have to appreciate the journey and, like, all the good memories. Sad it's over and glad it happened. For sure. Like, I'm so glad that I got to grow up watching him play. Like, he's someone that, you know, you tell – you tell family and friends down the line that you saw play. Yeah, like one yeah. day when our when our kids ask us who was your favorite player growing up, who did you get to see when you were a kid? You get to say David Ortiz, Big Poppy, and you could tell them about him. The and greatest, greatest DH of all hitter, time. Greatest, clutch greatest hitter clutch hitter. Yeah. Um, yep. I'm scrolling through Here's some a random of my thought. Oh, go ahead. So. To the kids that were our age growing up with Mookie, I kind of feel bad for them because, you know, to them, Mookie was their poppy. and They have Bogart endeavors. Yeah, but Mookie Mookie was like, he's different from them because he, you know, Mookie had like the fun name. He was, you know, he was kind of like the the personality on the field, like the the people who gravitate towards on the field, not off the field, not at all. but that's, I think that's what Devers might be. But like, you know, like, I think yeah, but that's, we need to we're lucky that's to have happen. had a player that we're lucky to have had a player that played for our team for, for so basically long. his entire career and was just so like, like fun and had the swag and everything. Yeah. As we see, it's, you don't find people like that, especially in baseball. Like, it's hard to find. Uh, yeah. A point with that is like going like off of that. Like, yeah, you don't really get too many players that kind of play their whole career with one team like that. Um, a great example <laughs> is uh, Tom Brady. I mean, very comparable to David Ortiz in terms of what he meant to Boston, New England, and then he goes off to Tampa Bay. Um, Ortiz didn't do that. He stuck it out with the Sox and retired with the Sox. Finishes it out with the Sox. And that's something really special that we shouldn't take for granted because that doesn't really happen too much. Um, I think the fact that you compared him to Mookie was wild there, but <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really. I uh, I did a poor job explaining that. <laughs> yeah. Um... What I meant to say was like, I'm. We're very fortunate that 
our favorite team didn't trade our favorite player in the middle of well, the until, until they did. The point until they did. <laughs> until they did. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Live sports are back. Did you miss the bright lights, buzz of the crowd, and thrill of seeing your favorite teams in person and your favorite players, like whoever the next David Ortiz is, even though there won't be a next David Ortiz because he's one of a kind, but you get the point? Then SeatGeek is the place for you. SeatGeek is the best ticket provider out there for all sports, concerts, shows, and more. They make buying tickets easy by grading every ticket price so you know you're getting the best deal, and they provide a view from your seat so you can pick the perfect seats to any event. Plus, you can get $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek by using the promo code DUGOUT. That's D-U-G-O-U-T. Dugout. Dugout. Yeah. Um, I used SeatGeek last night to go to the Celtics game. Uh, that was cool. They won. They did? They did win, yeah. <laughs> Shocking. I know. It, it was close at the end, but they pulled out the win because I was there. They are undefeated when I'm there. Uh, 2-0. I went to one other game like five, six years ago. Um, yeah, so get out there with SeatGeek. Um, yeah, so that was kind of a rough transition. But the other thing I wanted to talk about in this episode, the other big thing going on right now, obviously, is the MLB lockout right now. Um, we are still very much still locked. Happening? We are very, it's somehow, it feels like it's gotten worse. Um, it's bad. It's bad. You know they're, they're saying that. Like it's most likely going to delay the season. Um, they're saying like it would take a miracle for it to not delay spring training and just dis- uh, d- delay opening day, which is horrible. Um, and so it's getting worse. They called in a, a federal mediator, but both sides have to approve it. But the the players don't want the mediator, dude. So I don't. It's bad if they have to go to like a, a mediator like that. It just shows how we're not in a good spot right now. Um, what did I see that the MLB said that they're not gonna like MLB has told the players association it will not make a counter offer after the MLB said they would two days ago. So that's not great. Sounds about Manfred. Yeah, seriously. Um, union union opinion is not believed to have changed on mediation. Federal mediator Scott Beckenbaugh is at the ready. <laughs> Uh, but it seems very Wait. unlikely to happen as the union would have to agree to it and they don't really want to. So it's not looking great right now. It's really not. The mediator is a bad look, but like if, if both sides approved, I don't, I honestly think it'd be a good thing because like the mediator's job is to, to mediate people Me- mediate. To, to mediate. So, like, <laughs> you know, it's a terrible look, but if it helps you reach your goal, I'm all for it. Exactly. I think it's really said no. It's yeah. just this is the most lose. This is just the whole situation is a big fat L. Like there, <laughs> it, it's hard yeah. to put into words how much this sucks and how stupid it is. That, I mean, it, it it makes the yeah. MLB look really bad. This is coming off one of their best seasons ratings wise too. Like I know, and it it just like makes it makes you fall like as a like as a professional sports association, it makes you fall even farther behind football, who's had some of the craziest games and playoff like ratings. You know, hockey and basketball are gonna be in the playoffs right when your season starts, which always doesn't help. And it's 
if it's like right in the middle of when the finals start, like you're screwed. I mean, I just really do not understand it. Like, I get that the MLB wants their stuff to to get uh, accepted, and the players want their stuff to get accepted, and they don't really want to give anything on either side because, like, I don't know, egos or whatever. But, like, come on. They should have a common interest in mind, and that common interest should be getting baseball games to be played, getting the season to start on time. Like, I don't understand how anything else could be your goal. I get it's a business. I get you want to make money and protect whatever you think and your values and blah, 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 whatever. It's a bunch of dudes in suits and ties, whatever. This is baseball. This is Major League Baseball. You have other leagues out here, like you just said, Alex, the NFL, like the Super Bowl is coming up. NFL is doing great. NBA is doing great. NHL is doing great. Like all of these other sports aren't having problems like this. Like we're not going to have a season starting on time because our league couldn't agree on anything. That's ridiculous. Like, I don't understand how this happens. Like, give something. Like, you have to make a sacrifice if you want baseball games to be played. Like, nothing else should be your goal other than that. You want Mike Trout out there playing in the prime of his career. You want Shohei Otani playing out there. You want these star players that get you new fans, get you money, get you ratings out there being able to play the sport. As Commissioner Rob Manfred, your job is for the sport to happen and to make sure. Every, you do everything in your power for that to happen. And he's doing the opposite of right of that right now. Like He is the reason the sport is not going to start on time. He's the reason that baseball fans like us are going to be sitting here depressed on what should be opening day because our sport isn't happening because the parents are fighting. They can't figure it out. It's ridiculous. It just figure it out. Just like, it's, I don't understand how is this hard to find some kind of common ground when like you've had months not even months you've had years really if you think about it to sort this out and they kind of push it off the last minute and now they just can't figure it out and they're letting i don't know maybe this is a wrong take on it but i feel like they're just kind of letting their egos uh kind of get the best of them they don't want to be they don't want to be the one that gives in like it's a standoff and they don't neither side wants to be the weak one that says all right fine we'll do that because like, I don't know. It's it's ridiculous. I think that's well said. I agree. It's just it's frustrating. Just, yeah. Like, like, yeah, I mean, we're at a loss for words right now. It's just There's only so much terrible. you can say. Like, when you look around baseball Twitter, when you ask any baseball fan in the whole entire world, none of them like this. Like, every baseball fan is livid they're tired of this they're frustrated nobody cares about the details of this that much like yeah we want to um have a better league and whatever but like at the end of the day we just want baseball games to be played like figure it out like rob manfred like come on if it's gonna let games happen on time give the players a little bit more money give them a better pay structure give them whatever like they're asking for within reason like i don't think anything unreasonable is being asked for the league just doesn't want to look weak they don't want to give in and that's just ridiculous when your top priority should be opening day baseball games are being played instead of it's gonna suck when opening day comes around and we're just sitting here just without any baseball games 
happening at all. We don't even know. Like, honestly, at this point, spring training might not even be happening then. Like, who knows how long this could last, how much baseball we could lose. Like, honestly, there is a shot that we don't even get a season. Like, who knows what can happen at this point if it's been this hard for them to get anywhere. Like, they're not getting anywhere. It's not like we're close, but we're not quite there. They've gotten nowhere at all. Nowhere. Like, they literally, I saw a tweet that said that they're restarting their negotiations. They're starting over because they just didn't get anywhere. And now they're calling in the mediator. Like, it is so bad. And the MLB should be embarrassed. This is a horrible look for them as a league. Horrible. Like Alex said, the other leagues are out there doing fine, and the MLB is fighting against their players. That's another thing, too. Sorry, I'll let you go in a second. But that's another thing, too, is who do fans go to the games to watch? The players. They go there to watch um, Rafael Devers, to watch Mike Trout, to watch Christian Yelich, to watch their star players out there. Like The players are the ones... You got kids wearing their jerseys. Like The players are the ones that you're there for. Nobody cares about the owners and the league and the blue, like, and like the little details and the pay structure and whatever. Like This is probably kind of an ignorant take, but I feel like the league should just suck it up and give the players what they want because at the end of the day, the players are the ones making them money. Like you can't have baseball without the players. And they're just when you're fighting your players like that, it's just not a good look for the league. Like you should want what's best for your players. You should Again, they're not asking for anything unreasonable. Just figure it out. Please. Just figure it out. This is where I would insert that David Ortiz smashing the dugout phone clip. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like I, your whole finance, the whole financial argument you brought up is so valid because, like, I understand the owners make money, make money still off of sales and stuff, but, like, come on. The real money that you're going to make is from attendance and from concessions and stuff like that and bringing in people to the games. I mean, that's, that's how pretty much all sport, like, large markets work. And you can't do that if you don't have a season or you don't have games. And, you know, it puts a lot and like, you know, we talked about this before, you know, the whole minor league pay structure thing that's a problem. But like, you know, the guys who are living in even in the majors contract to contract, like it's a problem for them too. like they're going to have to go find other stuff to do with their lives. Like the owners don't really realize how many people this is affecting outside of just like themselves. Like they're only really thinking about, you know, how does this affect our long term like financials like. They're not thinking about the players. They're not thinking about the fans. You know, there's so much that like goes into the game of baseball outside of just them. And they're not thinking about any of it. So. Yeah. I, I just don't know what to do at this point. It's so frustrating when I see these tweets come across my phone that say, um, talks between the MLB players association, the MLB have gotten nowhere. Opening day is likely to be delayed. It's in jeopardy, whatever. It's so frustrating as a baseball fan. Cause all I want to do is watch baseball. It's, and the, it's so frustrating when the reason why I'm not going to be able to watch games is because the league is fighting itself. Like, that's just, it's one thing when there's COVID, when there's a whole global pandemic, like totally flipping the world upside down. Like, okay, I'll take a 60 game season, but there's no reason for them to not play this season. No reason at all. Just because they're fighting is absurd. Especially when this whole fight has gone down during the off season, when you have time to sort it out. 
when you've given this built-in time to talk to each other and sort it out they didn't even talk to each other they went like months without even saying a word to each other about it like it's insane insane what's going on yeah when you have a problem like this you should be meeting every single day until you figure it out yeah i i I saw jared kravis tweet something about this i'll try to find it about how like it's like they're like a, a a couple that nobody thinks is good together because they just keep fighting and they can't talk things out and then everyone's just like come on already like get over it like figure it out um let me try to find it yeah, well, uh, um, like, I personally have hope in this, like, the season's going to be delayed, but I have hope <laughs> in it starting relatively s- soon after because, um, like, even the owners can't afford to cut into the season because they're, they're the ones that are going to lose more money than the players. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, their motivation to get the season going is so that they can make money. And I, I feel like even though they said they're not going to, they'll have to give in on something. They should be motivated because it helps nobody for the season to be delayed. Everybody loses yeah. in that scenario. The fans lose, the players lose, the league loses, the owners lose. Like Absolutely. That helps nobody. So Here's that tweet from uh, Karabas. MLBPA and owners are like that annoying couple that everyone hates together because they're so miserable with each other and fight all the time and nobody can figure out why they don't just break up. Only they literally can't break up and it's so extra annoying. I just want baseball. Yeah. Yep. Well said, Jared. That last that last line is really what it comes down to. Is I just want baseball. I just please, just baseball, please. Is the minor league season going to start on time? Because they're having spring oh, yeah. training. Minor league is in full swing. They are, they're right? doing their thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess. Go we'll Woo Sox. Yeah, I mean, I'll watch Tristan Casas. Like that'll kind of help. He, that dude is freaking gigantic. Mm-hmm. Six four two sixty five. Yeah, um, that's ins- like think about that for a second. Two sixty five. He is massive. He was huge before, and then he he said, "You know what? Let me throw on twenty pounds of muscle." The bat looks exactly tiny in did. his hands. Yeah, it's yeah. a chopstick to him. Yeah, he's gonna be fun I to mean, watch. I'm excited for that. Our minor league system in general is starting to look real good. Yeah, I think our prospects or our minor league system was ranked like 11th in the MLB most recently, which is pretty good. And I think it's honestly better than that. Like some of the guys that we have in this farm system are like even the dude we got in the JBJ deal. I didn't realize how good he was. Alex Benellis. Yeah. Yeah. He's good. He He is is, good. Yeah. He's nice. We could Um, see him this year if there's a season. If there's a season. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean... Um, we don't have much pitching in the farm system, but we got we got some guys. We got obviously Casas. We got oh yeah, we got Bello. I mean, he's he, a good pitcher. Other than I'm that, for other him. than that, and um, Lieutenant Noah Song, thank you for your service. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, the Wink you know. Man too. Oh yes, yes, Josh Winkowski and a Connor Siebold Winkowski. Winkowski and Brian Mata. Dude, we got we got some oh, decent and pitchers. Furbush. And uh, Edward Bizardo, it's pretty nice too in the bullpen. Yeah, we got yeah, guys. But when you, when you go to the bats, I mean, you got Casas, you got Nick York who hits like four hundred regardless of what level you put him at, and he's like 15. and then you got yeah, you got Marcelo <laughs> Meyer who's already one of the top like fifteen prospects in the game. Um, that's a pretty good core right there. I don't Notice think I've I ever been mentioned Jeter Downs. 
Yeah, well, yeah, I want to say something about him. But I've, yeah. I don't think I've ever been this excited about a Red Sox farm system before. Like, I hear some of these yep. names, I just get, like, giddy. Because it's just, it's loaded. I'm excited. Well, that's because our farm, our farm system has never actually had any good prospects like this since, since like, the Pedroia era. I mean, when we have had good prospects, we just we used to just trade him, and I don't think Heim's going to do that. He's going to let them come up with us. We would trade them, or they would just work out so horribly. Shout out Henry Owens, Pat Light. Oh, yes. <laughs> At least Pat's a good dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, Henry Owens. Funny story about him is I went to a Red Sox winter weekend, and they did a lip-sync battle, and Henry Owens was one of the dudes for the players. It was like him, Joe Kelly, Hanley Ramirez, Henry Owens put together a decent performance there. So, yeah, that's good. That's his new day job. <laughs> I do. I wonder what he's doing now. I'm gonna try to I look know, that up. He, he he's literally disappeared. Like I haven't heard his name really since 2016, 2017. After everything didn't work out, I could see him working at like a a, a GameStop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wearing Wait, like hurt. a gray beanie. I know for a fact there's no way he is still playing baseball. Maybe like not even in like the singular baseball team in like um, Austria. Not a chance. I think he just like went off the grid. He doesn't, he doesn't have an Instagram. <laughs> Let's see about Twitter. Henry Owens. Google. Henry Owens. Where he also does not Owens? have a Twitter. Bullpen guy. Wait, this might be him. I found him. He is... Okay, his profile picture is him sitting in grass with jeans and like a normal shirt. Um, his bio is bullpen guy. And Hold his on. account is private. I got something. I think it's him. On February 6th... Yeah. On February 26, 2021... Owens signed with the Lexington Legends of the Atlantic League of Professional Baseball. Is that a high school team? He became he became a free agent the following season, so he's not playing baseball at the moment. <laughs> did, he, um, did he get cut by them? He, I guess Hold they on, just I'm didn't doing some his deal. He was placed on the temporary inactive list on June 12th. What um, is the Lexington Atlantic League of Professional Baseball? That sounds fake. I think he put that on his resume to sound cooler when he applies a Burger King. No, Most he, of he, teams. he got put in an on and off the app, the um, inactive active list like multiple times. So was he good? This at, is like, one of those level? like <laughs> when I, was, when you Google Henry Owens. You know how Google has like the people always also ask thing. The first one is what happened yeah. to Henry Owens. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I see that right now. Um, that's, that's a good funny. question, Alex. I want to see if he was ever good. Let's see. No, he was. He had one. He had like a few good stint. He was really good at Double A. He had a one seven eight ERA in six starts. Twenty fourteen, he went seventeen and five with a two ninety four. Yeah, but he was, he was supposed to. He was supposed he, to be the next Kershaw. Yeah, that's why quite. did he take so long to get to the majors if he was this good? Well, uh, because I mean, his <laughs> fastball topped out at ninety-one miles an hour. 
as Eck would say, that is some mediocre cheese. He's looking like a lamb out there. Yeah, and thanks, he he did turn that. out to be a lamb. Yeah, big time lamb. Actually, Eck did say something about Henry Owens this season. I think he he might have called him a lamb, <laughs> just like randomly in a broadcast. He he yeah, Henry Owens came up for some reason, and Eck just completely. Eck was probably personally offended by him. his lack of baseball talent. Yeah, seriously. Um, speaking of lack of baseball talent, Joey mentioned Jeter Downs. Um, mm-hmm. I wanna, I wanna kind of point out how he's a scam. First of all, um, Jason, what are you talking about? Jeter Downs? Yeah, how is he a scam? I, I personally think we should trade him while his value is still high. Does he even Before have value? I mean, he yes, comes over yes, in the Mookie he hasn't trade. Seen major league pitching. Yeah, he comes over in the Mookie trade, and everyone's like, "Oh, this like he was supposed to be the centerpiece of that." He's like, "Oh, we got like the one of the best prospects in the game, like Jeter Downs. He's gonna be a stud. Like he's gonna be the shortstop of our future, second baseman of the future. He's not that good. I don't like. He's what, twenty four? Yeah, he's twenty three. He's yep. gonna be twenty four in July, so he's not even that young anymore. His in twenty twenty one with the Sox in AAA, he batted one ninety. With a 605 OPS. Like, and even when you look at his double A numbers before he even got to the Sox, he wasn't even that good then. Like, he hit 257 with 13 homers, 753 OPS. His highest OPS was in 2019, 888. He doesn't have a good glove either. Yeah, I know he's that. He's not that good of a fielder. I just, he's not good at baseball. I, yeah. I, uh, I was gonna say we should trade him to the Royals or something like some team that doesn't matter, and I just went to go look at the Royals roster to see who we could get. And uh, breaking news: the Kansas City Royals have signed Colton Brewer to a minor league contract. Fun fact. Moment but of I silence should, for Royals fans. Yeah, my apologies. <laughs> I think we should. You know, honestly, the Royals have a pretty solid left fielder that we could use. Um, you know, maybe if we gave Jeter Downs and like. The ghost of Mike Carp or something, we could get him. <laughs> I um, mean, we brought back JBJ. What's stopping us, you know? Hey, yeah, why not? Why not? Oh, also not. with Jeter Downs, one thing I want to uh, point about him is so I posted on my story that, like, I didn't like him. I thought he wasn't that good, whatever. And one of his former teammates responded to my story with overrated. <laughs> so when your former teammate's calling you overrated, that's, that says something right there. Um, and I think that's accurate. He is overrated. I would agree. Um, I don't know if you guys still care, but I found Henry Owens' stats from last year when he was on the Lexington Legends. I do oh, care. I'd I would love, love to, to see those. those. So he pitched in 25 games, started 18, ended the season with a 4-5 and five record, a 6.55 ERA. He gave up um, – he walked 98 batters, in 92 innings, he had a whip of 1.98, and batters batted an average of 252 against him. Oh my he also, god! He gave over a-, a walk in inning. Oh my god! <laughs> People paid money to watch these games. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they put him out there so much. He has one of the like most um, like like games appeared in for their entire team 
he might be the worst baseball player of all time. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, oh my I goodness. Mean, what are who is Lexington an affiliate of? I don't even understand. No one. I, so so you know how MLB has like that weird partner league that they like test all the rules on. Yeah, it's yeah, that they do. League. And yeah, that's that league. Oh, okay, gotcha. Actually, there was someone worse on their team. His name was Shane Blackwell, and he had a 6.93 average or ERA and a 1.82 WHIP and a 3.05 batting average against. Which uh, how many how many games did he appear in? Thirty. Couldn't have been twenty five. Wow, wow. These guys must have won probably <laughs> zero games. I'll look at their uh, their record actually. Yeah. Imagine they like won their championship or something. Cause then Henry Owens would be the guy who gets the A on the group project without doing anything. Um, I just found this article written about Henry Owens when he was a prospect. And I'd just like to read this quote from it about how sure. they um how they analyzed him. <laughs> Owens is a premier Red Sox prospect. He's got it all. Gas, heat, smoke. Henry is tall um, and similar to Randy Johnson. <laughs> His fastball tops out at 91 miles an hour. Um, yeah. Joey, you're going to be upset about this. At the Uh-oh. end of the first half of the season last year, I can't find any information about the second half. They were leading... The South Division, with a record of thirty-five and twenty-five. That's why. That's why the second half of the season didn't happen. They they saw these guys were in first place, and they were like, "Yep, yep, this this league's a joke. No more." Yeah, that's mind-boggling and swashbuckling, to say the least. That's terrible. Henry Owens led the league in strikeouts. Wow. Did he lead the league in walks? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> the lead leader in ERA was 320. Oh, my God. So these guys are essentially, like, throwing home runs. Yeah. Like, remember how we used to call Rick Porcello, like, home run derby Porcello? Like, we said he should pitch in the home run derby. Because that's all he did was give up bombs. This is that league collectively. On yeah. average, three thousand people would go to see Henry Owens play for at any given Lexington Legends game. Are they prisoners? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Some of the names in this league are really, really funny too. You got the Long Island Ducks. It's a good name. Oh, the, no, the good- no, it should have been like the Long Island Lizards. That'd be a good one. The Gastonian or the Gastonia Honey Hunters. Wow. Wow. The Southern Maryland Blue Crabs. Oh, that's cool. I like that. The Lancaster Barnstormers. Wow. Barnstormers. Okay. I'm a fan of the Barnstormers myself. I'm a big Blue Crabs guy. Okay. Forget the MLB. We should be watching this league. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah I agree. This yeah. is this is like when we watch the KBO games at like 3 a.m. during COVID. Yeah. Yeah. MLB, figure that out this lockout thing, and we're going to start watching the Barnstormers. 
come on. Oh, we all well, everyone knows the storied rivalry of the the Barnstormers and the Long Island Ducks. I mean, that goes yeah. back. It's it like it goes it really back does. weeks. It goes yeah. back weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, it goes Don't forget know, about those honey days. hunters either. Don't forget about the honey hunters. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, you know what the honey hunters uh rally chant is? Oh, uh, tell me, Joey. Um, it's it's bzz, bzz, bzz. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah i think i think the mlb it's should buzz just... buzz hit the ball <laughs> buzz buzz over the wall <laughs> <laughs> go honey yep yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when when the mlb is in a lockout <laughs> help us Correct. Rob, do your job. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, so yeah, I think I think this is a good place to stop because, I mean, if we're talking about we're talking about Henry Owens and like the Blue Crabs and (laughs) the Barnstormers, like what are we doing here? Like, let's get some real baseball back, please. And oh my God, like. There are still free agents out there. Like the offseason hasn't even happened, really. Kyle Schwarber is still unemployed. Yeah. Oh, I bet he's cashing in those checks right now. I bet Mitch Moreland is hitting in his barn. Oh, absolutely. Did he retired. You know is doing? he still active? Hold on. He's just still active. I think he's a free agent. We should get him just for fun. Yeah, why not? Yo, he's only thirty six. Yeah, his I don't. He's I got a this. few he's, more doubles left in him. He's married to someone named Susanna Higgins. That's so Mitch Moreland. He's just oh eating steak and potatoes. My wife, married Susanna. to Susanna Susanna Higgins. There, Higgins. There, there used to Susanna be a team com- There used to be a team in this league called the Nashua Pride. Nashua, like. New Hampshire? Yeah, like I think so. What'd they do? Get abolished or were they relocated? I don't know. Abolished? I'm gonna it up. Yeah, they were abolished. They sucked. In my search uh about Mitch Moreland, Ian Kinsler's name popped up. Ew. Yeah, gross. Yep, that's enough for me. <laughs> Did you know that Hunter Renfro's real name isn't Hunter? Really? Hunter uh, Renfro's middle name is Hunter. Oh, okay. Let me guess. He probably also, has a really on. bad first name. I don't. I don't like how when I search Hunter Renfro, the football dude comes up first. I would like um, the greatest baseball player of all time to pop up first, please, Google. Um, I'm a big but, Hunter Renfro wide receiver guy. I like him a lot. I had him in fantasy. Yeah, Great or, guy. Uh, Hunter Renfro's Hunter Renfro's I'd full let him name. Name my daughter. Hunter Renfro's full name is Dustin Hunter Renfro. Oh, Dustin's a cool name, though. He gets two really cool names. Hunter and Dustin yeah. are cool names. Honestly, you know what? He should just go by Dustin Hunter. Du- yeah, that would Hunter be cool. Dustin? Dustin Hunter. I like it. That sounds like and a country singer or something. Like shorten it to Dusty. Dusty Hunter. Dusty Hunt. Oh, that, that would have been fire in Boston. Dusty Hunter. Yeah. Hey, look, it's Dusty Hanna. 
too bad he's not here anymore. Yeah, now he's in Milwaukee, so they're just going to be like, oh, it's Dusty Hunter. Or however Milwaukeeans talk. Um, yeah, no, this Nashua team folded in 2011. I mean, how much do those teams cost? Like, I don't know, but at, but their last season, they changed their name from the Nashua Pride to the American Defenders of New Hampshire. Whoa, that is a cool name. <laughs> the American Defenders of New Hampshire. <laughs> now yeah. that is a sports team I want to play for. Oh, I play for the New York Yankees. I play for the American <laughs> Defenders of New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> Live Rob Manfred wishes wishes he had a franchise like that in his league. Wait, does, is that team active? Do they exist still? We gotta go no. to their games. Oh. No, they got rebranded again to the Pittsfield Colonials, and then the team folded. Yikes! Uh, American uh, defenders. Defenders. Of bring them back. I'm sure. Oh, bring them back. I'm sure. I just want to see what their logo looks like. Okay, it now it pops to... up with Pittsfield Colonials. Yeah. Oh my God, they're a whole. Look at their logo. It's just a whole like. Oh yeah. That just that's sick. Oh my God, how do you USA. how do you relocate after that? Come on. Their logo has <laughs> USA giant at the top, and then it's got stars American <laughs> defenders. That makes me proud to be yeah. an American right there. <laughs> Everybody's walk-up song is the national anthem. <laughs> yeah, no, no. One, one is um, it's all the American songs. So one has the their best player is the national anthem. The next one has um, um, Star Spangled Banner. That's, that's their uniform. That, that's sick. Oh my god! <laughs> is it camo? Oh my! Their uniform god. is straight camo. It's like desert camo too. Yeah, that's cool. You ask like a player, what are you doing after the game? Oh, I'm going to Iraq. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's where Noah's song should play. Yeah. I bet they, they the whole team like probably shows up in one of those military choppers, just lands in center <laughs> field. They all hop out with their baseball bags. They're ready to go. And then the bull the bullpen card is a Humvee. <laughs> <laughs> Tank. Yeah. <laughs> Every time a home run gets hit, instead of like fireworks, like just a tank just shoots them, just shoots something. No, we don't know they, what it is. They, they throw a grenade into the air. And they fire oh, artillery man. shells. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think we need to wrap it up. I yeah, think I think oh we've gone God. too far. We really dug deep there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know what? I can proudly say I'm a fan of the no longer existing American defenders of. New Hampshire. New Hampshire. I I will always I am and always will be an American Defenders fan. Yeah, they will Forever. always have a special place. <clears throat> yeah. God bless wow. America and their defenders of New Hampshire. Amen, brother. Amen. And there you have it. That's our show for That's this what... week. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sticking by. Oh, uh, you really got it all. From yep. David Ortiz to, yeah. to where is Henry Owens to the American <laughs> Defenders of New Hampshire. <laughs> oh man. Oh my god. We'll we'll see you uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah.
Yep. On the In the Dugout podcast.